Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 7th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold has been up and down this week. The yellow metal fell below the $1,200 mark early in the week, but rebounded on some dollar weakness, short covering, and physical buying in Asia. This led an analyst at T-Commodity in Milan to say Thursday that, quote, the bottom is very close because I think the U.S. dollar is close to reaching the top, together with the peak of the U.S. economy, end quote. But gold has fallen off a bit this morning after the August jobs report came out better than expected. As USA Today put it, hiring rebounded in August as employers added 201,000 jobs and the labor market continued to defy worker shortages and U.S. trade battles. The unemployment rate was unchanged at 3.9%. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg expected 195,000 payroll gains. Now, something in the way this was reported grabbed my attention. If there's a worker shortage, how's the economy adding jobs? My gut tells me it might have to do with a lot of people working part-time. You see, a part-time job counts as a job the same as a full-time job. And if I have two part-time jobs, then that counts as two jobs in the statistics. Well, it turns out that the number of persons employed part-time for economic reasons, uh, they sometimes call this involuntary part-time workers, that currently stands at 4.4 million workers. That's a lot of people who want to work full-time but can only find a part-time job. So, in other words, we have a lot of part-time jobs in this booming employment market. At any rate, we've seen these same employment trends since Obama was in office. It's interesting, Trump called them fake numbers when he was campaigning. Now that they're his fake numbers, he likes to trumpet them as proof of his economic success. But it does appear the economy is rolling along nicely at least on the surface. Current economic conditions are, quote, as good as it gets for the U.S. Central Bank, according to New York Fed President John Williams. He said steady inflation and low unemployment will allow the Fed to continue gradually raising rates. So I think you're pretty much going to get that September rate hike. But things are not as great in some other parts of the world, and I'm not so sure this rate-raising train is really going to be able to run a whole lot longer. A number of emerging markets are facing currency crises right now. And while the U.S. stock market keeps going up and up and up, a lot of emerging market stocks are getting clobbered. Some are even at decade lows. The problem is the U.S. stock market is going up based on a slew of misconceptions about the U.S. economy, about the efficacy of Fed policy, and the future trajectory of Fed rate hikes. The thing that's causing so much trouble for a lot of the emerging markets right now is the strength of the dollar. The U.S. is sucking up capital from all around the world in what Peter Schiff called a giant crowding out effect. In fact, this is also what's dragging down the price of gold. Now, I talked about this last week. The Fed is starting to sound a little more dovish. They're hinting that we could be near the end of the rate hiking cycle. I mean, we're at 2%. That's the new normal, right? Now, This is pretty interesting. Did you know the prices of gold and silver are behaving very much like they did in 2008? And you remember what happened in 2008, right? After the dot-com bubble burst, the Federal Reserve swooped in and dropped interest rates to an artificially low level. 
In the mid-2000s, the economy boomed and the housing bubble inflated, driven by the sudden influx of cheap credit. In 2006-2007, it all began to unravel, and the air started leaking out of the subprime mortgage bubble. Of course, everybody said, hey, nothing to worry about. Everything's great. The economy's booming. And they were spectacularly wrong. As John Rubino put it in an article published by DollarCollapse.com, the periphery subprime mortgage crisis eventually spread to the core. The market panicked, with even gold and silver normally hedges against exactly this kind of financial crisis, plunging along with everything else. Gold lost about 20% of its market value in a single month, August 2008. Gold mining stocks, always more volatile than the underlying metal, lost about half of their value. Silver fell harder than gold, taking the gold-silver ratio from around 50 to above 80, meaning that it took 80 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. Of course, that dip in gold and silver prices was short-lived. When the Fed once again flooded the world with cheap money in the wake of the financial crisis, the price of gold and silver soared. Okay, so now fast forward to today. In the midst of the Great Recession, the Fed doubled down on its interventionist monetary policy. It not only pushed interest rates to zero, it launched successive waves of quantitative easing, in effect money printing. That sparked a long, although somewhat tepid, recovery. And once again, easy credit blew up a bunch of bubbles. Most notably, a massive global debt bubble. Rubino focused on one specific group of debtors, emerging market economies. He said the global economy is booming because of artificially low interest rates and massive lending to all kinds of subprime borrowers. One group of them, the emerging market countries, made the mistake of borrowing trillions of U.S. dollars in the hope that the greenback would keep falling versus their national currency, thus giving them a profitable carry trade. Instead, the dollar is rising, threatening to bankrupt a growing list of these countries, which crucially owe their now unmanageable debts to the U.S. and European banks. The peripheral crisis, once again, could be moving to the core. So, are we seeing a repeat performance of 2008? Rubino thinks it's possible. He said some of the big Western banks would probably fail if several major emerging markets default on their debts. And historically, at least since the 1990s, the major central banks have responded to this kind of threat with lower rates, loan guarantees, and more recently, massive and coordinated financial asset purchases. So watch the Fed. If the EEM crisis leads to talk of suspending the rate increase program and possibly restarting QE, then we're off to the races, just like 2008. Now, that brings us back to the increasingly dovish Fed and the possibility that it will back off the rate hikes next year. During its August meeting, the FOMC mentioned concern about emerging markets. Some analysts fear the currency crisis in Turkey and other nations could spread to other emerging market economies. The expectation that the dollar will continue to strengthen is the real problem for emerging markets. Peter summed it up. The main reason that everybody believes the U.S. dollar is going to continue to strengthen is because they believe the Fed is going to keep raising rates and shrinking its balance sheet. So the longer the Fed is going to keep up the pretense that it's going to raise rates and shrink its balance sheet, then it continues to put pressure on emerging markets and it continues to put pressure on the housing market. So ultimately, the Federal Reserve is going to have to give 
And what the markets are going to have to start anticipating is the end of the cycle. Because even though the Fed is still talking about removing the monetary accommodation, there's not much left that they can remove without the whole thing coming toppling down. So there you have it, 2008 2.0. And Peter's been saying it's going to be worse than 2.1. In other news, gold flowed into European and Asian ETFs last month, but outflows from North American funds pushed total global holdings lower. Asian ETFs added two tons of gold in August as investors hedged trade risks and currency weakness. Asian funds have seen an impressive percentage increase in 2018, growing by 9.1% year-to-date, according to data released by the World Gold Council. European funds added about 4 tons of gold last month. Global outflows were led by North American funds, which lost 44 tons of gold. ETFs are backed by physical gold held by the issuer and are traded on the market like stocks. They allow investors to play gold without having to buy full ounces of the metal at spot price. Since their purchase is just a number in the computer, they can trade their investment into another stock or cash pretty much whenever they please, even multiple times on the same day. Many speculative investors appreciate this liquidity. There are good reasons to invest in ETFs, but they aren't a substitute for owning physical metal. In an overall investment strategy, ShiftGold recommends buying gold bullion first. To learn more, talk to a ShiftGold precious metal specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shipgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. You'll find a link on the show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.